0: Hello again, everybody, and thank you for joining me for the Week 2 edition of My Buffalo Blues. So it looks like I'm going to keep doing the podcast for the Buffalo Blues. I wasn't sure if I was going to continue, but things were a lot easier on Victory Monday, and the Bills went down into Miami, and they smashed the Dolphins up pretty good, 35-0. And the defense looked fantastic. Um, this is one of the best games I've probably seen the Bills defense play in the last three years. I mean, they played really well in Week 1, Two against Pittsburgh. They had them shut out at halftime. It was 10-6, Bills, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, the defense eventually is going to give up some points against a team as good as Pittsburgh. So it was nice to see them come out with attitude in Miami and lay the smack down you know despite it being 35 nothing I don't think the Dolphins are that bad although some people probably disagree with me after that game but you know we have to remember that this was a 10-win team last season and they were you know one game shy of making it into the playoffs and they lost handily to the Bills in that game so it's not really super surprising to see them lose this matchup in week two Josh Allen improved to 6-1, and one, or I should say the Bills improved to 6-1 and one in the last seven against Miami. They've swept them the last two seasons, so they just have their number. It's not necessarily that Miami is bad, and I think disrespecting Miami and saying that they're a bad team doesn't give credit where credit's due to how well the Bills played in this game. And I want to start on the defensive side of the ball because that's really, you know, what stood out the most. And the Bills three and out in Miami on the first series, and that was pretty telling because Taron Johnson came in there and landed a big sack, and they set the tone early. And even though it was hot and humid in Miami, the Bills were the ones that were setting the the physical tone in that game. And in total, they racked up 11 quarterback hits, six passes defended, uh, six sacks, nine tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, and an interception. So they just dominated the line of scrimmage. And I think it was the second series of the game uh, that Tua Tagovailoa got hurt on a hit from... AJ Epinesa and it wasn't a dirty hit either he just completely made the right tackle whiff and came in full speed on this play and just lit Tua up and this was a fourth and two where it happened where you know they're at midfield Miami probably shouldn't be going for this anyway they're down seven nothing Brian Flores wanted to go for it and he got his quarterback obliterated on that play and Fortunately, in hindsight, now that they've taken some x-rays, it looks like Tua doesn't have any broken ribs. But he's going to be in some pain. I'm guessing he's probably going to miss next week. But, you know, we'll see. I just, you know, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. So I hope he is able to recover and gets back to full health because these two teams play each other again in Week 8. And I know he's going to want a chance at redemption. And I want the best Dolphins team to show up in Buffalo so we can beat him again. It was Jacoby Brissett who came in for Tua after the injury. And, like, honestly, I like Jacoby Brissett. He's been, I don't know, a little bit maligned in his journey so far because he took over the starting job for Indy couple years ago and didn't go so good there and then he lost the starting job and then he got the starting job back and overall his record as a starter is not great I think he's 11 and 19 but his numbers aren't bad he's got a 2 to 1 touchdown interception ratio he's just very conservative he doesn't throw a ton uh, or at least he hasn't in the past in in the seasons where he's been the starter uh you know he's about 3,000 yards on the season 15 touchdowns and five picks so he he's not uh blowing the roof off of any of these games but he's totally a serviceable backup quarterback and I think with the right team around him he can probably start in this league he just hasn't had that situation happen and it was a little you know sad for him to be replaced by uh very old Philip rivers at the time where they signed that one year deal in Indianapolis. And then he moves on and they have no interest in him being the quarterback again. And they go to Carson Wentz and Brissett moved on to take the backup job in Miami feeling he probably had a better chance to start. And there you go. It's week two and he played the majority of the snaps and he didn't play that bad. He was just under fire. And a big part of the reason that uh, reason for that was A.J. Epinesa having a ton of pressure throughout the game, and the Bills' first-round draft pick, Greg Rousseau, had himself a great game as well. He had five tackles, he had two sacks, two tackles for loss, and the Bills' edge rush is going to be problematic for a lot of teams, because they're only going to get better as the season goes on, and they have a lot of depth and a lot of speed. And they're just starting to get their defensive tackle position sorted as well. Um, Justin Zimmer played a really good game. And he's, I don't know. I never thought that he was going to be like the guy. But he works so hard. And he has a level of energy at that position that some of these other guys maybe don't have. And he's played really well over the last two seasons. He played great in the playoffs last year, and he had a he had a good game here too. He came away with a sack, and uh, I'm not looking at his exact stat line right now, but he had a he had a solid effort. And when I saw the original the original 53 man roster get released, looking at 11 defensive linemen felt like a lot. Um, when we saw Jacob Hollister get released and Duke Williams, it was just like, okay, they have 11 guys to play, typically four spots. And I thought they were a little heavy there, to be honest. There was some contracts that maybe they could have gotten rid of to free up some cap room if they really wanted to. And maybe those guys are going to be mid-season target trades, trade targets, but for the time being, you have an incredible amount of depth along the defensive line, and it allows the Bills to really plug and play a bunch of different looks along the defensive front, and for a team like the Dolphins that's just starting to turn the corner to being a good team again, that's a lot to deal with. And it allows the bills to stay really fresh, especially in a game like this, where it was hot, uh, where guys were uh, having to get IVs, where the bills had hydration charts in place for each of these positions and for BMI, uh, sorry, for body mass index, relative to the amount of water they needed to drink. So in games like this, especially in like, let's say a game like Denver, Or if the Bills end up playing the Mexico City game. Like these games at altitude. Having depth along the defensive line is going to go a long, long way. And then behind that, the Bills have a great secondary. Um, They played great in this game. And in fairness, Miami's secondary is really good. And they also played a great game. And Taron Johnson uh, is shaping up to... You know, he might just be the best nickel corner in the league. He's fantastic out there. And, you know, there's some guys that are good playing man coverage. There's other guys that are really good zone coverage guys that are great tacklers. There's guys that have good ball skills and just kind of are able to knock the ball away when it gets close. Uh, But Johnson, he seems to have all those things. Very opportunistic uh, with the interceptions. And he plays the ball like like some of these ball hawk safeties I've seen in the past, like a like an Earl Thomas, Uh, you know, just these guys that have a very good awareness of where the ball is and what they need to do on any given play to affect the play. And he uh, sorry, Taron Johnson had a very good game with uh, a sack on the first play of the game, and that was kind of what set the tone and uh, he had a tackle for a loss quarterback hit three tackles overall so a guy with that kind of versatility that can play the nickel position and also come away with a pick six like we saw a couple times last year you know those are important plays to make happen and you need those kind of guys on the defense that are able to to have those big game-breaking kind of plays and then besides him, you know, you got Tredavious White, who's one of the best corners in the league on the outside. And so we've seen so far, at least, teams are trying to go after Levi Wallace on the other side. And in this game, uh, he had a couple of passes deflected and came away with an interception. So, you know, even though there was that mm, very soft flag thrown against him in week one against Pittsburgh, and then Deontay Johnson scored the touchdown on a a tipped ball that was just a great play by him uh i don't think levi's really played that poorly at all he's played pretty well and with the interception there you know starting to see that he isn't a bad corner at all there's a reason that he's won that starting job a couple years in a row even bringing in josh norman and bringing in some other guys to compete with him and with jordan poyer and micah hyde behind him in the the secondary. You know, you got one of the best safety tandems in the league. And those guys had a great game too. They combined for 11 tackles. They had a tackle for a loss, pass defended, and a quarterback hit. You know, they're everywhere. And they have super high awareness. So it makes the Bills defense very formidable. And Honestly, I think they have the best secondary in the in the league. I thought it last year too, and they just they started to get it together late in the year. And they showed it in the the early part of the playoffs. But, you know, when you play the Chiefs, it's not exactly super easy to stop the pass. And though even the Bill even though the Bills had a lot of the right pieces in place, they were missing that pass rush that hurry that could hurry up the Chiefs' offense like we saw in the Super Bowl and make Mahomes have to make those decisions a lot quicker. And now they have that. So the biggest priority in the offseason was getting that defense in shape to deal with the Chiefs. And it looks like, at least so far, it looks like all of the decisions that they made have lined up and have worked out. Um, It's a long season, but I don't see the defense getting worse at this point. You know, obviously every game's not going to be a shutout. It's just going to be a matchup-specific type of thing. But so far through two games, the Bills have only given up 23 points. And with the addition of the 35 points they had, they have, uh, I think, the biggest point differential in the league so far. Um, It's still early, but... This is a defense that I like a lot. It's going to keep them in a lot of games. And it's going to be up to the offense to, you know, just manage things, not make any mistakes. They're going to get their opportunities. And that brings me to Josh Allen, who a lot of people still wanted to see more from after that game on Sunday. And... He went 17 of 33 for 179 yards with two touchdowns and a pick. Now, that's not mind-boggling numbers. That's not MVP numbers, but they're not terrible. You know, you'd like to see a higher completion percentage and more yardage out of it, but that's still more than 10 yards of completion. And on the first touchdown of the day to Diggs or on Allen's first touchdown of the day where he found Diggs kind of on a broken scramble play. That's the Josh Allen that we know. Broke the pocket, looked around, bought time, Diggs got open, found him in the end zone, touchdown. And at that point, Allen's 3 for 5 with a touchdown. So, that's not a huge problem at that point. Um and then the rest of the first half, he went 4 of 11 and he threw he did throw a bad pick. Uh, although Zavian Howard made a great play on it, he tried to force it in there to Diggs, uh, stared him down the whole way, and then he threw the ball behind him, and that's how the route got jumped. And if you go back and you take a look at that play, it's a double slant route, and if his eyes just hold the linebacker a split second longer, and he doesn't throw it right there, he's got Emmanuel Sanders open on the other side uh or on the other slant crossing the linebacker so you know I think he just zoned in and he's like I want to get this ball to my guy and tried to fit it in there and just couldn't do it uh but he learned from that and he didn't do it again and uh, the Bills took a 14-0 lead into the half and then they got the ball to start the second half and Allen comes out, and he goes five for seven on that drive, and he finds Knox with a really nice touchdown pass, and, you know, at that point, it's not looking bad at all. He's uh, 12 of 23 at that point, so still not the most accurate he could be, but 12 of 23 with two touchdowns and a pick, you know, that's a workman-like day, and I'm not complaining. He still made... Some really nice throws. Um, the Dolphins just have a good defense, like I said earlier. Like Their secondary is really good. The last couple years where they've matched up against the Bills, they've had a lot of issues matching up in man defense. And today, it wasn't as much of an issue for them. The Bills just didn't have the same kind of separation that they've had in the past. And it showed. Uh, so after the touchdown pass to Knox, Allen finishes the day 5 for 10. Uh, from that point out, and he lands right around 50% completions. Again, not great, but could be a lot worse. He didn't really make the killer play that hurt them a lot, so you got to be at least happy with the results, and, you know, the Bills offense is going to get in rhythm at some point. They're going to figure out, like, how and when they want to use Emmanuel Sanders. They're going to they're gonna figure out what they want to do with Gabriel Davis because right now it seems like Sanders has taken over the majority of the wide receiver two routes and I just don't see Davis involved as much as I thought and the Bills aren't running a whole lot of four wide receiver like I thought um, so I don't know it, it'll take time but they got the win they got back on top of the division and most importantly if you listen to the last episode They figured out that they need to run the football. And I'm sure Brian Dable heard it all week long. I'm sure Sean McDermott heard it all week long that they lost the game last week because they didn't run the ball. At least they didn't run it enough. And this time around, uh, Devin Singletary had another nice game. He finished with 82 yards. He cracked the 46-yarder on the Bills' second offensive play. Broke that one for a touchdown. Uh... And he finished averaging 6.3 a carry. Like, those are good numbers. Uh, Those are really good numbers. He did fumble again, but it was again on a pass where he was headed to the sideline. And I don't know if he's just not thinking about ball security or if he's looking at the hit that's coming in and he's just not quite paying attention to the ball. Um, But that's twice that he's fumbled the ball out of bounds in back-to-back games, and we saw Zach Moss was in the lineup in this game, and he ran for two touchdowns, and both of the touchdown runs were really impressive. Even though he only had eight carries for 26 yards, Like he fought for those yards, and those are the kind of possessions that the Bills need to be able to establish. Like Even though I think it was only like three-something yards a carry, the ones that mattered mattered, and the two touchdowns mattered. And those are the kind of carries and the kind of possessions that'll help you put football games away in the second half when you have the lead. Now, Zach Moss also fumbled, and the Bills lost that fumble. So looking back at Week 1, I can kind of maybe understand... A little bit better why Brian Dable doesn't want to run the football so much Um, if both of your backs have ball security issues which we've seen now that's four fumbles in two games from the running backs that's not great certainly not great but the commitment to running the ball is important and like I said last week, you have to run the ball with the lead in the second half, especially when you have the possession advantage, because you need to turn the clock on and make your opponent have to battle the clock as well as battle you. And I am a firm believer in balance. And, you know, rumor has it, or at least what I heard in the some of the post-game press conference stuff is that a lot of the run plays got added to the game or they got added to the game plan the day before on Saturday. So the Bills had to do a pretty quick overhaul of implementing that stuff. But if you look at the play sheet, the tally was 28 runs and 33 passes, which is a big difference between 55 passes and 15 runs. So this was almost a 50-50 split. And you know, honestly, the results speak for themselves. The Bills dominated. When they had the lead, they put the ball in the hands of their best player. They let him stretch the lead out on a nice drive. And once it was 21 nothing, they just started to run the ball. They knew that the clock is going to be their friend. They know that they want to control field position and time. And they did just that. So it was really nice to see that at least... They maybe kind of learn from the Pittsburgh game I don't know that the Bills are gonna come out here and play like this every week and that remains to be seen especially heading into next week's game against Washington who's got a very good defensive front who the Bills most likely aren't gonna be able to effectively run on consistently at least from the running back position um, But as we saw on Thursday against the Giants, Daniel Jones ripped them for nearly 100 yards on the ground. And Josh Allen's a lot better version of Daniel Jones. So I think there's going to have to be at least some designed quarterback runs in there. And and I think if the Bills do that, they're going to be able to at least exploit where Uh, the Giants were able to exploit in Washington's defense. Now Washington does have those few extra days since they played on Thursday, so they've had a long week to prepare for the Bills. They got to watch this game and see what the Bills wanted to do. Um, But I don't think Taylor Heineke and the Washington offense is particularly well matched up for Buffalo I mean Terry McLaurin's a great player Uh, Antonio Gibson's a very good running back Um, Logan Thomas at tight end is nice but the Bills have all of the right pieces in place to make it a headache for Heineke and if it comes down to which quarterback is going to be under pressure and thrive under pressure you know I have to favor Josh Allen in that equation Uh, He's just the bigger body. He's going to be able to take the hits a little bit better if they do get there. And from what I've seen so far, the Bills have the better defense. So, you know, even though Washington had a top two defense last year, it's not what I've seen so far this season. And it's hard to keep up with that pace because now everybody knows what you're known for and you don't get to sneak up on people. And the Bills have seen that with the passing game this year. Um, Teams are not going to come out here and just let Josh Allen dominate them like he did last season. So they're gonna make him earn a little bit more. They're gonna game plan to make him earn it. And you can bet that Washington's gonna do that same thing. So the Bills are gonna have to come prepared to be able to run the ball, and at least get the ball to their running backs out of the backfield and let those guys try to make some plays happen in space. Bills are coming back home for that one. You know they wanna win in front of the home crowd after a disappointing home opener so if i had to guess the line i haven't looked at it yet but i would say bills probably by four and a half somewhere in that neighborhood and i like the bills to win that one at home get to two and one and start to look at what's next uh i don't know if i have anything else to say i think i'm going to keep doing this though throughout the season maybe i'll bring in a guest we'll do some Buffalo Blues with some members of Bills Mafia or maybe some other fans I don't know yet but so far so good I'm enjoying it huge win for the Bills got control of the AFC East back and now they just have to go out there and do what they do and keep getting better each week and as long as they're playing their best football by the time the end of the season rolls around I'm happy so all right that's it short episode take care everybody go bills thanks once again for joining us the shyest podcast is an extension of the if you like what we're doing here you can help us out by liking subscribing sharing all that good stuff from wherever you get your podcasts and until next time stay safe be well and go bills